Research, action and art. Ethnography in front of the door and in the world. African electronics represents, you know, medicinal healing. It represents technology. To explain the people that they are the one who can decide about their feet. Ten students from the University of Cologne leave the lecture hall. They meet people and learn about their worlds. Ten students, ten experiences, ten stories. An African Resurrection, a performance art piece in Accra, Ghana, by Natasha Severo. This is the story of a performance. A performance which first involved two people, Vabene, a Togolese Ghanaian artist, and me, Natasha, an Italian student interested in visual anthropology and anthropology of art at the University of Cologne. This made us reflect about our personal experiences, and then it was an interaction with the public which responded in its own way. August 2015, Jamestown, a neighborhood of Accra, the capital of Ghana, We staged this piece during a big street art festival, Chalewote. Chalewote is, is Ga. Ga is the language of the people of Greater Accra. Chalewote means, Chale is a reference to a friend. You know, what is Ga for let's go? So it's like friend let's go or man let's go. You know, and also Chalewote is a reference for flip flops. But you see, everybody in Ghana wears flip-flops, from rich people to poor people. Everybody knows what flip-flops is. In the, in the selling sense, it's a political message, but in another sense, it's more to do with yeah, familiarity and mobilizing around a familiar trope that every Ghanaian understands and every Ghanaian knows, even if they don't, even if they don't speak Ghana. If you go up north, they say Chalewati for flip-flops, you know, and it's a unifier, you know, every, every person around this country knows what Chalewate is. Our goal, to reflect about the theme of the festival, African electronics, we beat technology, so what's that about? I think that for most people, when you, when you think about African electronics, they think about electronic gadgets. It has very little to do with gadgets. Yeah. African electronics is, is a creative current, it's an energy that is here that we tap into. And the people who know it, know it. African electronics represents, you know, medicinal healing. It represents technology. It represents ingenuity to create the impossible. It's a creative impulse that is embedded in our music, the traditional music, the language, the history. And for the people who can decode it, they know how to decode and use it. So music can be technology that's used as a sound energy that's used to open a particular portal so you can take something. You know, sound uh, is an integral part of who we are. And we've been using sound technology here for different things. Some of the most advanced technologies are found in our music and their codes. But yet through excessive westernization and whatever modernity means. Uh, we've neglected it, but you know the people who know it, they use it all the time. 
you know, and that's what's really about exploring that the possibilities that our own forms of technology and our own forms of access to doing things will avail to us, you know, and that's like that's a sliver of what African electronics is. We can apply African electronics in different ways, you know, but it's it's not about electronic gadgets at all. Huh? Yeah, it's more to do with the creative force and a current that you tap into. We talked about African technology as the representation of a sculpture by Michelangelo, the Italian Renaissance artist. Well, in this sculpture, Mary is mourning her dying son Jesus, holding him in her arms. We wanted to show that Africa is in a deactivated mode, lying in the arms of Europe, but it could resurrect if only it believes in its own possibilities. I laid like the dead Jesus, purely painted with dirty oil and she has to be the person mourning and stuff over there. Now we are not looking at Jesus and Mary, but we are looking at white supremacy and black inferiority, where we don't believe in ourselves. So a black can never do this. No, it must be a white who must say before it can go. That once there's a white body, the performance is an imposition on me to do what I'm doing from some supreme force. The position where you begin to take your position as yeah. it being a righteous position, that becomes a contradiction to your own existence. Let's say, let me take Christian religion, because I was born into the Christian religion, so I always use it. Because the, the contradiction I see most of the time in the Christian religion is begin to see yourself as a pure heart, and a pure soul, and therefore you begin to segregate yourself from others. And by so doing, you contradict the origin of the Christianity, which was based on what Christ, who did not segregate himself from the others. He was rather willing to go even more with them. But now, ours is now to segregate. Then after segregation, what comes now is violence. And the violence that comes is coming as unconscious thing. Because if they should lynch somebody in a do based on maybe things that are being opposed by religion, the people lynching are contradicting to the, to the teaching like Hebrew is without sin, cast the first stone. But this becomes normal because many Many people are willing to go ahead to lynch. That is the reason why Christians can lynch the homosexuals in the society. These contradictions are most of my importance. And my works actually always investigate social violence, prejudice. I work so much on prejudice, social violence, stereotype. My appearance is a, is, a, is a prejudice. I use my appearance as something to provoke social gaze. We started by making preparations. We wandered for days through an enormous amount of markets in Accra, taking trotros, the local buses, sometimes full of religious preachers. Bible says, to my power, Sassianum, for the We ended up in one of the biggest e-waste dump of the world, Agboploshi, looking for electric cables and dirty motor oil to be used on our bodies during the performance. People working in Agboploshi take up the rubbish, choose what to preserve, work on it and then resell it again. Nothing is wasted, a sort of resilience. This could also be African technology. Later, we spent long hours observing Jamestown and its colonial past made of forts, prisons and a lighthouse. How the sun sets down in front of the Bible House, a bookshop selling Bibles in different languages. The Bible House was the place chosen for us in purpose by the organizer of the festival. 
So the idea was the semi-naked white Mary holding a totally naked black Jesus. Yo! Look at that! That morning came. It was not the first time I did something like this, but I wasn't stressed. I didn't sleep at night. How the hell am I going to do this? Will everything work? Am I really ready to go out and hang through Jamestown wearing just my bra panties and electric cables? How will people react? Am I able to stand six hours in the same position? So it's about always trying to disentangle myself from everyday life now. After disentanglement, what are the things that I'm imagining that can happen to me in my performance? All those things are there. So sometimes I'm importing a lot of fears, and these fears become strength for me. I'm importing the fears, like the fear of I cannot be attacked at any time. Anything can happen to me, I can collapse in the performance. Fortness. My performance could be politically red, mm-hmm. and it become politically red. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you claim I because I work in the position of uh, questioning these transgenders and homosexuality, mm-hmm. and I know I'm in a homophobic society, of course. So if I'm putting myself in this space, mm-hmm. and people begin to read this, and have somebody who is trying to import this into this, mm-hmm. because you know that I'm mm-hmm. talking about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. What happened to me? And I think about all this, but at the end, I use all this as my energy. That it begins to give me strength. Then I ask myself, assuming you are not a monster and somebody just captured you, you have been kidnapped, and you've been chained like this. If you have any hope, after all this, I know it's a performance, so I have a hope of ending it. But that person doesn't have a hope. It doesn't know if you'll be alive the next moment or not. So at least I have a hope that that person. So why then do I want to give up? Then it gives me strength to keep on. That is what makes me to be able to do um, long duration of performances, like six hours, 12 hours and stuff. Not because the hours is so important to me, but because I begin to gain the energy from these total fears that I bring and now use them as well. There we stood, or better we sat, from midday till six o'clock in the afternoon. It was exhausting. The public was huge and shocked. For me, I think it was successful. Uh, the reaction, the reaction, I may say, you, you have absorbed much of the reactions even than me because I was almost half dead. Because of the pains in my eyes, I wasn't seeing a lot of things. But at one point, you are able even to see what is happening with the audience. So it becomes, uh, how will I say it? Uh, it, it becomes like a, a reverse reaction that they also get a reaction from you as you get a reaction from them. And people taking photographs and stuff. I don't really know how it works for you, for this large number of people who just bump into us i don't know how it, how the experience like uh, not about speaking about that i don't know like the inner feeling that would have been happening to someone who is oh, just like you just raise your head and all of a sudden you see people surrounding you just taking photograph and you realize they they some were not really 
thinking so much through the the work, but they were rather astonished and surprised by the imagery. They they were more concerned about the shock that they see, and this also came back into the aftermath. You realize everybody who sees has begin to say like, "Oh, congratulations! This work you've done is so powerful. This is one of its kind." And and yet they do not really pay attention to the work itself, like what would have this meant if this is in front of a Bible house and this is something that is actually looking like operation of Pieta, then what is its relation to this conceived uh, Chaliwate festival? What, how is it related to it? How is it related to the environment that was a post-colonial or is a post-colonial space over there? And how is it also related to Ghana as a state? And how is it related to the people themselves? And the audience themselves, how is it related to them? This, I realized most of them couldn't, uh, I don't know, engage directly with it. It was later when they started reading things from Facebook concerning the, the post we made before the performance. That was when they began to understand what actually was happening in the space. Yeah. So I think the reaction was was great. The performance was successful, but also one other thing is the duration the performance took also kept inviting people to come, and that made it at the end of it a lot of people were there because within six hours people could travel from wherever they are within Accra to be there, and this was what was happening. People were calling others. There's something happening here. There's something happening here. They were sending messages and images from WhatsApp or the social medias and and this was actually attracting more attention. Yeah. In general it's very intriguing and we don't see much of that in Ghana here. We we have a culture, a reserved culture of which you don't of which the society frown on such things and so we don't see much of that in Ghana. In terms of nudity, yeah, that is one is that principle for them of which they don't of which they frown on it and religious beliefs and societal norms their morals they don't normally accept this kind of nudity yeah it's kind of taboo in Ghana just as I was saying for male and female to be together completely naked or half naked uh, it, it raises a lot of eyebrows uh, it's, it's, it's also interesting to know that um, something considered a taboo is being cited in front of the Bible house that will be considered as a holy place. Uh, it's, it's also raised a question. You see, someone came and he was saying, No, this is not art. This is a pornographic. This, this is not art. And some people, some comments like, If you are a man, show that you are a man. Less erect for the public to show that man. Are you important? It's like if you see, like everybody's attention was like kind of pornographic distance. That was what I was, I was trying to say. That no, if somebody is doing something, we try judging the person first. Like we see the thing on this, unless the person explains or you go into into detail, you find that no, the what you were thinking was not what is, yeah. So that's what I'm saying, like every most of them was thinking like this kind of demography, this kind of this thing, 
So they were expecting some kind of reaction between this male and female this thing. Like it. Nudity is a taboo, but uh, sometimes it happens. Women get uh, totally naked in uh, order to course something that is not good or to say no, it's too much. You can see that in uh, some uh, uh, manifestation, and they are not uh, just uh, young girls, but also old women. Especially when uh, old women get naked, it means that situation is getting uh, really serious. The secret swimming of women is a moment in uh, which they uh, decide to protest by getting uh, naked in public. When uh, they got uh, naked and you don't uh, reflect about this act, this is uh, serious uh, too. Besides hearing the reactions of the public, I wanted to go deeper into the theme of the festival. So I made some questions like, what are African possibilities? What is African technology? Is Ghana still dependent from external powers? African possibilities are the limit is the sky, you know, natural possibilities, spiritual possibilities. Yes, yes. Then and more, more, more. ETC. So for me, African possibilities, I guess, talks about or points at, hints at um, what we as people uh, labeled as Africans can um, can do or can do to expand ourselves, our minds, our connection with others. Um, And so that comes in many forms. Could be through technology, could be through oratory, just telling of our stories to connect with people, to expand our possibilities, and also developing as a people um, in the sense of recognizing the blessings that we have here and making something out of that. Because, you know, the stereotypical idea of Africa being behind or falling behind automatically also comes up with the other narrative that there is something that we can do to move forward. And so African possibilities hints at that. Those things that we can do to, I guess, better our lives and relationships with the rest of the, the world, the earth, people, everybody. Yeah. African technology goes way, way back for me because um, if you think of Um, real African black history, you know, building of pyramids back then, um, invention of mathematics, the sciences that now have been suppressed and made, uh, I guess, by external powers for us to think that it had nothing to do with Africans, like we were behind. But our technology, or most of what's the foundation of today's world to the landscape now is all goes back to ancient times where Africans were creating um, and so it's just about becoming aware of past African history and recognizing that we also have the power to create like the computers and the car like all these things that people uh, associate with technology now the electronics and it's not 
it's all us. It's all part of our story. And so we shouldn't, African technology, when that comes to mind, we shouldn't feel like it's um, something we have to strive to go external, uh, externally for, but something, we have the creativity within us to, yeah, to bring out. Yeah. It, it's something that is very important to me because, as I said earlier, I'm a, I, I'm a programmer, I code, and I do digital art as well, and I sculpt, so I make use of different uh, modern technology and also uh, older things like you know drawing with charcoal. It's all a form of technology to express yourself, and so it's something I'm very in touch with that also overlaps with my. Um, my own creativity so it's for me it's important uh, that we're able to recognize this um, inherent uh, creativity blended with the things around us to and using that to to just create and express ourselves as opposed to oppress for me it's high time that Ghana becomes an autonomous state you see because Ghana still depend on external powers and you can see it across from the parliament the decisions that they make right across to our educational system our religious system everything so we're so dependent so even though we are free we are not free we are somehow slaves yeah so i think it's that time that the black man the african the Ghanaian in particular take matters into his own hands and decides a destiny. Ghana should decide a destiny. Ghana is so dependent financially. Even recently, I heard in the news that IMF is coming to to review Ghana's economy. And then, if we've done well enough, they'll give us a loan to support our economy. And with all this, uh, we, we realize that you see, are still not dependent as perceived or as we thought could be. It's like we have the resources, yet managing these resources to it's more like somebody have to come from a different country to help us manage it. They impose a lot of things on us based on the fact that they are going to give us money. And I think even with a job for the citizens of the country, I think Unofficially, there's a freeze on employment. Yeah, people have completed school. And in most circumstances, instantly, nurses are to have a job after school. But most nurses are in the house with a job because uh, directly from a uh, IMF says there shouldn't be reduction on fuel prices. A lot of things came as a result of the so-called intervention from IMF. So it's more having a negative effect on us than positive effects. Are we still dependent? Yeah, to a large extent. Um, and unfortunately so, because if you think of all that we have here to create and be, you know, I guess more self-sustained, sustainable, it's really unfortunate when you think about how even the, the little things we import, even toothpicks that are so small are imported. Um, it can be disappointing at times and I've also, you know, tried 
to I've had ideas of what I've, I'd want to create stuff I'd want to see done here and then you get the pushback like oh people here where we can't do it like as for Ghana it's not possible it's this kind of mentality like not believing in the people the people not believing in themselves that keeps us dependent on external powers and who under the guise of coming to help the pretense of you know <laughs> giving some kind of charity come in and make things worse it's like we haven't learned from our mistakes or maybe some someone somewhere is benefiting bringing in someone and so he's he or she is okay keeping things that way i don't know so many different explanations but yeah to a large extent we are dependent when we don't have to be because if you also consider the internet that technology which has allows you to learn and see everything that's going on out there and educate yourself to create and innovate yourself out of poverty it's like why isn't that happening why are people not connecting more with those things but i don't know where that's why i'm back home to help work with people meet people and I studied, um, I've been out of the country technically for five years, studied abroad. We're coming back and trying to kickstart some kind of positive revolution, share the energies that I have within me with everyone else um, because I feel like we can make a difference. So I'm coming, that's the main reason I came back because I was working for a year, the guys are at a great place, uh, in an interactive design company and they would have loved um, that I'd stayed, but I wanted to, you know, come back for this year. There are a couple of projects I'm working on, and and yeah, just see if I can meet people, similar-minded people, and connect with them to help innovate. Because there's just so much room for improvement, for creativity, and unfortunately, people don't see it within themselves. You know, I it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So, the story of this performance comes to a conclusion. Like everything, there is a beginning and there is an end. In the middle, there was the energy flow which we could breed from the public. What counts now is just the message that has been passed through. You listen to An African Resurrection, a performance art piece in Accra, Ghana, by Natasha Severo. A project of the University of Cologne, developed from a seminar, Ethnography in Front of the Door and in the World, by the Department of Cultural and Social Anthropology and the Department of Middle Eastern and Southeast Asian Studies. <laughs>